It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, we're ready to go. Out of the gate, JT, as the World Cup is in progress and the United States is up one nothing at the half. In Qatar, this is a big deal. This is the biggest event in the world today. It's bigger than 10 Super Bowls. Yes, 10 NFL Super Bowls. The World Cup is underway. And the United States is up one nothing at the half. We'll keep you updated on this game, which will definitely end while we're on the air here. Good start for the United States. England won big today. We're keeping an eye on all these games for you. And a lot of people are in sports bars today in Vegas. Enjoying the World Cup, USA-England on Friday. That will be a monster. This is the aftermath. Welcome in. The reaction to the Raiders' victory in Denver. I told you all week long that the Raiders needed to sweep the donkeys, and they did it. It should be a celebration on the radio today. The Raiders sweep Denver. They do it again. That's six in a row, seven out of eight in a heated rivalry where both fan bases and franchises don't like each other. That's a cause for celebration. Raider fans should be celebrating today. It's not a playoff win. It's not this massive win that got the Raiders in the playoffs. We're aware of that. But you got to be consistent here, as I tweeted out early. You can't sit here and blast everybody every week on this show for a month and not give the team credit for coming together as a team and playing really good, especially in overtime, to win that game. And put Denver into crisis. That's the storyline today in Denver. Denver is in absolute crisis, and it feels a little bit more calming today throughout the Raider Nation as the Raiders get their third win of the year. It should be five. We know that. It could be as much as six. Seven one-possession games, and they're one and six in those games. Uh, Denver's having problems, too, in one-possession games. Uh, Denver's in a lot of problems, but the Raiders found a way to win in a game where I didn't know if they were going to win, especially at the end of regulation, man, when they needed a field goal to get to overtime and there wasn't much time left. Before we get to the sound bites that became the highlights of the game, I want to say a couple of big picture things here. First off, you've heard now for quite some time from the owner, the quarterback, the emotion after the game in the locker room that this team is together. This is not a fractured team. Now, there might be some players who aren't thrilled with maybe another player or two. There's a possibility of this, but the plan that is in place with the Las Vegas Raiders as they're trying to deconstruct the roster, win games, and look to the future to be a sustainable championship franchise. The plan has been backed up by many important people, not only within the organization, the players too, and we've been telling you that. And it's a slow start, no doubt about it. This is an unacceptable record. But you heard it preached last week. After the owner supported the head coach, after the head coach spoke to me on TV, spoke to the press, he told you that they have something going here. And it sure looked that way in the locker room. Anyone who watched the locker room celebration, which was really special. I've been in the locker room in the past. I've seen all the videos over the years of celebrations. That was a top one. It looked like all the pressure has finally come off the team 
They were having fun. They were playing for each other. They were playing for their coaches, and they won a game, and it was a relief. Everybody saw that. You'd have to be you know, just negative and checked out if you didn't see that yesterday. That's something that could be built on. And hopefully some fans see that today and want to talk about it at 702-365-9200. PTs, best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Uh, do me a favor. They have food drives. They're looking for donations. If you head to a PTs, 64-plus here in the Valley, make a donation. Help out another family. Do something positive on Thanksgiving. You know, there's two ways to look at charity work. Uh, this is from my podcast partner, Tom Looney. He says, You should never tell anybody you do charity work. I'm just the opposite. I love to tell people I'm doing charity work, no matter what it is, because it might inspire someone to do something that they weren't thinking of doing. And my wife and I and our family, over the holidays, we like to get meals. We like to get meals for other people. If we can do it, it's just a matter of how many we can do around Thanksgiving because it's important. It makes us feel good, part of our faith, to help out other people if you can do that. If you can't do it and you need help on the other side with food over Thanksgiving, if you need a place to be, if you need help, ask for it. People in the community will help you. This is a giving community, and it's the holiday season. So if there's someone in your apartment complex, in your neighborhood, someone's going through a really difficult time, help them out. Help them out, get through Thanksgiving, and you'll feel great as you're having your meal on Thanksgiving. we got a big week lined up here because the Raiders won, and now they get ready for Seattle. And I'm very confident against Seattle, very confident playing Geno. I'm good playing Geno. If I ever get on the radio and I'm worried about playing Geno, get me off the radio. Okay, Geno's having an unbelievable year, but he's mostly been a bad backup quarterback. Bad backup quarterback his entire career. So I'm not shaking in my boots that the Raiders are playing Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes this week. Let's get up for this game in a really hostile environment where a lot of the Seattle fans didn't expect to be here. But today's about beating the donkeys, and how did it feel? We had a great crowd. We had an unbelievable crowd at the M Resort. Spa and Casino there, really big crowd of happy Raider fans after the game. They didn't check out. They stayed into the game. They didn't leave early, and the Raiders ended up winning. So I was around all of that as we hosted the postgame show. As I hosted the postgame show last night, all the fans were pretty excited about the win, and many saw what the team has been trying to accomplish along the way to get to a point where they just enjoyed themselves yesterday. So I, this is my big takeaway, and I hopefully it'll react, and you'll, you'll have a comment about what I'm about to say. I think this game was a really big moment for Derek Carr. I really do. I think it's a big Carr moment for a number of reasons. He got very emotional after the Indianapolis loss, very emotional. And he took a lot of heat for being emotional because now in 2022 there are online trolls and social media trolls who are everywhere and Derek sees some of it. I'm not saying he's sitting in his room at night looking at it. He's got a wife and a whole bunch of kids. I don't think he's doing that, but it gets to everybody. And Derek got very emotional, and some fans loved it. Other fans said, I don't want to see that from my quarterback. Whatever it was, people talked about it all last week. Derek needed to have a big game, and Derek had an unbelievable overtime. And going back to my point again, from knowing Derek, from watching every game that he's played in, from hosting his Derek Carr show when the team was 12-4 and and he joined me every week, Derek plays better when he plays faster. Derek plays better when he's playing up-tempo. Derek plays better when he's taking shots. 
I don't look at a lot of Derek's completions when he checks down for a four-yard gain. I don't look at a lot of those completions where he just dumps one out of the backfield or, or throws it in front of the sticks. Those are important. Those are important stats. They build up. The reason you go 24 or 30 or 26 or 32, there's maybe 11, 12, 13 passes that are non-dramatic. You just dump it out to the left, throw it over the middle for five yards, and you move the chains or you get something going. I evaluate Derek Carr after nine years with this team on winning and taking shots and setting up his team and playing with adrenaline. And I saw that yesterday in overtime. I didn't see it the entire game. I don't think the Raiders played a great game. They were trailing most of the game. But what happened is something clicked in overtime. The team came out and they won the toss, which is luck. It's just luck. And they haven't had luck with the toss this year. They haven't had any luck. I've been telling you all year, this has been a bad luck season, man. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. But when A.J. Cole won the toss and put his hand in the air, the Raiders looked at each other and said, we cannot kick a field goal. We cannot come off the field. We will lose this game unless we score a touchdown. And boom, he hits Foster Moreau over the middle, and then he ends the game with Devontae on a big, big score late. That's where Derek Carr should be playing all the time. Derek Carr should be playing like that in the first, second, third, fourth quarter. He should be playing up-tempo. He should be getting in the huddle, out of the huddle. I don't think he needs to huddle. These are grown-ass men. Just give them the play, and they know what the play is, and call two plays at once. Put Derek in a situation where Derek can shine under pressure. In the first quarter, he's not under pressure. He's trying to do everything perfect and right, trying to get everybody involved. The hell with that. You got Devontae Adams. Don't, don't worry about getting anybody involved, all right? Don't worry about getting everybody involved. You have Devontae Adams. He's your best friend. He's always open, and when he's double teamed, he'll go catch the ball. And that's what Derek did. Derek just said, I don't give a crap. I'm going to go win this game. And you can't do that in the first quarter. You can't do that. You can do it with a minute to go until halftime. And you can do it the first minute coming out of the third quarter. But what happens is Derek gets settled into a lot of these games, and then they just play the pace of the game, which is typically slow and methodical, and he's trying to do everything right, and he doesn't want to make mistakes. Well, how'd that work out in overtime? The guy played like his hair was lit on fire, and he dominated. And that's what I've been saying about him. That's the Derek Carr that we know. Let him put him in that energy, put him in that atmosphere all the time. Pretend. Pretend the game's on the line in the first quarter, and Derek can do this. He can do it. He can step up in the pocket. He can make a big throw. He can zip the ball in there. He's, he's a tremendous arm talent. He's very good at the line of scrimmage, but I think after having the massive, and it's a good one, the massive John Gruden playbook, on top of the massive Josh McDaniels playbook, his head's got to be spinning. He's had that for three or four years. It's like going to Harvard and Stanford and getting an MBA with this playbook. And they're good playbooks. Gruden's won a Super Bowl. Great play caller. A wizard. And Josh McDaniels is arguably one of the greatest, if not greatest, play caller of all time. The only one with six Super Bowl rings. So that's a lot of work for Derek. He's got a master's degree in play calling. But you've got to let him do it. And you've got to make him run it faster. And you've got to let him do it in an atmosphere like that in a rivalry game. So I think something clicked with Derek. A little late. Because the team's three and seven. You know, I don't think they're going to win seven in a row here, but I think something clicked with him with Josh McDaniels. You saw the passion in the locker room, the hug. You saw players so fired up after this win. And that's what we've been looking for. 
You know, and there's a lot of Debbie Downers running around. The team sucks. The coach is this. The quarterback's that. All I'm saying is today should be a big day for a lot of the scoundrels and a lot of the fans to come in and say, you know, JT, I've been tough on this team all year. I've been really tough on them. And uh, I just want to come in today and say good win. Swept Denver. I'm a Raider fan. I want the Raiders to win. They won. So I'll balance out all this negative crap which other radio hosts like. As I told you, other people like the Raiders losing in Vegas because they believe they have content. They don't have a lot of content to start with, so they believe losing is good because it stirs the pot and it kind of gets everybody going. I- I've been there, done that, longer than all these guys. I'm not going to sit here and, and look for negative energy and look for the team to lose because I can start talking about the draft in December. I don't like that. I want to talk about the team winning every single game. The way I talked to Fred Bolitnikoff today or Phil Villapiano last night, they just care about winning. One game at a time, five in a row, Super Bowls, whatever. you got to win, and you got to get rid of the negativity, and I thought the Raiders did that. That was a special group in the locker room after the game. I think they found something that they've been looking for all year long. I'm not saying it's going to completely quiet down the masses and people who are negative here, but I think what it's going to do, I think it's going to bring the team closer together so they can play better going forward. I don't know who's going to win and lose. I just want the team to play better. And it's more psychological right now. But yesterday I saw a team for the first time this season. They are a team, but you really saw the team gel. And that what, that's what can propel this group going forward. They stopped worrying about if they were doing something right and they just played ball together and they fought. The tunnel, the locker room. I really do believe illustrates a unity that they have not quite had all season. And they haven't had the unity, not because they've been fighting amongst each other. They haven't had the unity because they're losing one-score games. They're blowing 17-point leads, a 20-point lead. They had the unity in those games. They were ready to play. They were focused on the sidelines. They just had a drop. They didn't run the right route. They had a mistake or two. Penalties, which is still a problem. Big problem yesterday, pre-snap penalties, come on. But they came together and it was a sense of relief. So let's celebrate that and talk about that and what can be built on. What can the Raiders build on from yesterday to get you, the fan of the Raider Nation, feeling like this thing's on the right track? Because the tiniest percentage of negative fans are the loudest. And they matter. Their voices matter. Everybody matters. But there should be some more positivity after a game like that and something to build on going forward. I mean, you got to be kicking yourself after the Arizona and Jacksonville game. New Orleans, they deserve to lose. They didn't get the ball past the 50-yard line with the starters. And then what happened in Indianapolis was completely, in Vegas against Indianapolis, completely unacceptable, losing that game. If you give us two out of those four games, the Raiders are right in the hunt. They have the same record as the Chargers as the Chargers lost last night. But we can't do what a shoulda, coulda radio. Got to sit with the record, and the record is what you are. But the Raiders are coming off a victory. I'm pretty excited about it. I thought we did a hell of a job with our guests last week, and especially the callers coming in and really uh, telling us everything about what the team needed to do. With a lot of negativity, there were some callers who broke through and people who said, you know, we can win this game. We could sweep the donkeys. We can get it done. And, man, I had a busy week last week. I went on three Denver radio shows telling Denver the Raiders would win. Crickets today. Crickets. No one on those Denver stations wanted to talk to me today. I wonder why. 
So what do you think about the win? I got a lot to get to. Harry Ruiz, Mark Anderson will join us. USA Wales one nothing in the 59th minute here. Wales has been on the attack the whole second half here. United States is going to have to be careful here. Our number is 702-365-9200. Kansas City won last night. The schedule in the NFL was just chaotic. Just crazy. Crazy what happened on the Jets losing on a punt return from New England. Philadelphia winning on a late touchdown by Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, I was on last night on SiriusXM when he... Justin Herbert scored late, and Mahomes got the ball back with over a minute and scored. It was incredible. We've seen that before. Kelsey owns the Raiders and might own the Chargers even more. He owns the Raiders and the Chargers. And I said last night on my show, it's a pretty good topic. Who in our lifetime, in our lifetime, you might be in your 20s, you might be in your 70s, that you can compare Patrick Mahomes to? And I bet pretty much we looked at Montana, Brady. We looked at Elway. Marino, all of them, and Mahomes is right there on the top of the list. I, I don't have to see Mahomes anymore do this. I put him on the Mount Rushmore because of his legs. He's the greatest quarterback that I've seen since Elway coming from behind with his arm and leg strength. He doesn't run because he has to. He runs on purpose with a mission, and he's incredible. It could be 13 seconds left against Buffalo to set up a game-tying field goal. Or it could be, you know, down with a minute to go at SoFi Stadium last night, picking everybody apart. And once again, we saw another game with the Raiders and the Chargers where no one guards Kelsey. No one does. The guy came off the line of scrimmage against Derwin James, who I think is one of the most overrated players in the NFL because he's always hurt. Everybody talks about the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Derwin James, stop. They never play. They never play. And the Raiders don't want to get into that situation when we start talking about the Raiders stars and we start saying, well, that guy doesn't play. He's always injured, like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Derwin James. We don't want to get to that point with the Raider Nation where guys, wink, wink, get a reputation for not playing, but they get the bag. We don't want to see that happen here. We want to see everybody play and be healthy. So the Raiders win. We want to hear what you have to say on this. What do you think was the key to the game? For you, because I got a lot of sound bites and highlights I'm going to get to in the show here. But what do you think was the key to the game that you believe bring the Raiders together going forward? Do you think that there's something that's going to bring them together out of this? Or are you someone who will dip the show in reality and say, JT, the win doesn't matter unless they can beat Seattle? Which is a very good point. Does that win matter in Denver if they can't roll with it and beat Seattle? Yeah, some would say that. I just think they needed to win desperately, and they needed to quiet the noise. They needed to quiet the noise. And that should quiet, quiet the noise for at least today, Thanksgiving week. I think you got a happy coach and a coaching staff. I don't mean happy. I'm not, not happy with the record, but they got to be happy with the win. Happy players, happy staff, happy Thanksgiving, happy radio host. I mean, it should be a little bit positive here because the noise has been so negative as of late. And I actually think there's something to build on here because they, they came together as a team. And how dare you, how dare you or anyone else tell me there's a fractured locker room when you saw that locker room after the game? If you need the video, I'll send it to you. Text me your number. I'll send you it or go to Raiders.com and you tell me about all this bogus, oh, is the team falling apart? Is the locker room together? The locker room's fine. Ask Max Crosby, Derek Carr, and Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels how they feel about this team. They're all on the same page. Okay, there are players who will not be back next year. 
they seem to be playing very professional. And there are players that I don't know if they're going to be back next year. They seem to be giving it all. And also, Josh McDaniel said it was the best week of practice they had all, all year. They had a practice, because I interviewed them on Thursday of last week. They had a practice on Wednesday, which was maybe the sharpest they've been all year. So practice is really important for this team because they haven't been ex- executing well, and they need to work on that. 702-365-9200. Amazing. One call on hold. We have nine on hold when they're losing, one when they're winning. Hardcore Raider in Colorado. Thank God I have a radio show in Colorado today. What's happening? Go ahead. Hey, man, JT. Hey, I'm, I'm glad the weather lifted up a little bit because it was like 20 degrees uh, days prior to the game. But, um, you know, that those these donkey pants, man, they hate us. They hate us more than nothing. And, you know, sometimes I worry about the Raiders coming up here, playing in elevation and uh, mm-hmm. in the cold weather and, it, uh, you know, having an impact. And like I said last week is, you know, I want to see Derek Carr warming up his arm and, you know, on the sidelines digging in the playbook. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen that uh, this year, especially uh, yesterday. I felt like in years past, Maybe he was doing it, but maybe not enough. I just feel like it's happening a lot more now. And the best of them, um, like the Bradys and the Mannings, uh, that's what they did. They weren't necessarily spectators. You know, they they were, you know, getting the team fired up and all that. And so I felt like we saw that yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Um, really glad we got the win. I mean, as far as the draft picks and stuff, I mean, even though we need players, like we need to build on this season – going into next season no matter what you know anytime you can play a division opponent in a away game and come out with a win I mean that's huge you know and I, ha- I have been critical of Derek Carr mm-hmm. and Josh McDaniels but at the end of it I mean I think what we're seeing is a team come together because through it's like trial by fire through adversity if you can overcome that it can make you stronger together as one and we saw that last year and I think that's what we're seeing right now so excellent um, you know I just hope they could continue to grow on it so yeah Thank you. Thank you for the call. I, th- I think that's that's one of the ways to look at it is through all the adversity this year that the team's playing well. And they didn't play a great game. They, they were trailing to a Denver team that was a mess on offense. Just a disaster. Can you imagine if the Raiders couldn't beat Russell Wilson and Latavius Murray yesterday? No Jerry Judy and the rest of that team and their offensive line all banged up? That wasn't a great team. And that wasn't a great game. I, I understand that. I'm just talking about what you can build coming out of that. That's my whole conversation going into the Seattle game. What was good enough to build on for the Raiders where they got, got their mojo going? And to me, it was basically just overtime. Carlson, which will play coming up next, missed the kick. His streak came to an end. And then he comes back and hits a career long. That's awesome. Foster Moreau went the entire game without a catch. How is that even possible with no Darren Waller? And then he catches a big one in overtime. That's positive. And this year, no matter what happens, it doesn't look like the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. They'd need a miracle. But this is the year of Devontae Adams. There were years, there were plenty of years where Tim Brown was on a Raider team that wasn't any good. And Tim Brown put up career numbers. Devontae is putting up unbelievable numbers here in a brand new system that's clearly not on the same page all the time. I thought the offensive line played better. Raider Mort, who I talked to, Raider Mort and me are on the phone every day prepping for the show and he said yeah the offensive line looked better they sustained their blocks a little bit longer then you got josh jacobs who's playing like a beast and wants the ball every chance he can get and again they got to be careful on giving it to josh on second and long even though he's had a couple big runs here i think that this team's strength is Devontae adams and Derek carr and i said that going into overtime best chance to win is Derek carr and Devontae adams we all know that Okay, there shouldn't be times where Devontae goes an entire half with only one or two receptions. 
He's the alpha. The Raiders are looking for an alpha. They have a couple of them, Mad Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. And they're not huge rah-rah guys. They're not guys standing up in the middle of the locker rooms giving these death-defying speeches. But how about Max Crosby? I'm dying to know how the NFL is going to cover the game he had with the block field goal and the sacks and the tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He didn't even show up in the stat sheet as good as he played, and he had a brilliant game. So there are a lot of good things about this game. Need to get Nate Hobbs back. Need to get Waller and Renfro back. Those are three cornerstones of this team. Those guys got to come back, and they got to be ready to play. So that's the monologue as we open it up, brought to you by Resorts World. Tonight's my Monday night football party. Right after this show, I head to Resorts World. Be there around 3, 3.30 uh, for a little bit the first quarter before my night show on Monday night football. They got great prizes, drink specials. We raffle off jerseys. And if you haven't been to Doghouse, come check it out. Free parking at Resorts World. Great crowd, unbelievable venue. And you get a great place to watch the game, a good entertainment right after it. World Cup going on. Man, head on out to Resorts World. They know how to do sports right. Mark Anderson will join us from the review, uh, excuse me, from the AP coming up here in a little bit. Has UNLV lost to Hawaii? No. Really? That can't happen. How did UNLV fall off a cliff after the start that they had coming into the Reno game for the Cannon? That's a gut punch. And Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders at the top of the hour, JT, we begin on a victory. Well, it felt amazing. Um, I did save Derek a little bit. He, uh, he almost pulled us into the wrong tunnel. He was, he, was, he was a little excited, and, and I was like, yeah, we, I'm excited too, but I go this way, wrong tunnel. And then we had a little powwow and, uh, you know, with the whole squad over there, so it was, uh, it was cool. And that's Devontae. The celebration was really cool. It's all up on Raiders social media, Raiders.com, Raiders Twitter. And you can see the energy inside a locker room. Not a lot of people get in there. I've been in to a few of them over the decades. Not at that one last night. And that looked like one of the better ones I've seen in God knows how long. And there's been enough Raider victories and bigger victory, plenty of bigger victories than yesterday. But that locker room celebration was super special with Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Carr, Max, Devontae, the rest of the team, A.J. Cole. They really hit it out of the park. And it looked like it was a sense of relief after a good win. United States won Wales, nothing, 73rd minute here. And it's been all Wales in the second half. The United States is making substitutions here in the World Cup. This is a must-win game for the United States. Must-win. The teams that win their first game have a really good chance of advancing into the next round. The teams that lose, pretty much impossible. You can. But in this group, there's some big games. The United States is going to play Iran. We know the political strife and history there. And then Friday, it's going to be the United States and England. And that is going to be brilliant, as they say, throughout Great Britain. What a game that's going to be. 702-365-9200. Matt joins us. He was with me yesterday at M Resort for the fourth quarter of that game. Matt, good to call in today. Thank you. What a win, huh? Hey, how are you? I'm really good, man. It was good to bond with you yesterday. You were standing. You were into every play. You were knowing that the Raiders were going to win, and you didn't give up. So I wanted to make sure I gave you the phone number you'd call in, man. I really appreciate you. No, I appreciate you, man. I had a that was a wonderful experience for me, and I really pleasure to meet you and 
cheer with you and just uh, I knew it. I felt it. I was just like, this is the game. This is it. And it was. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it in overtime when they hit Foster Moreau, right, on that big pass over the middle that got the Raiders going in overtime. And then you know, the way Devontae kind of head faked and then blew by Patrick Sertan, who made the wrong decision on that play, they yep. ended overtime quickly because you and I didn't want to see a field goal or give the ball back to Russell Wilson. Derek put it away. Absolutely. Derek Carr is the man. Let me tell you what. A lot of people, in my opinion – you know, it's split between Raider Nation on Derek Carr. I'm sure you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the man. There's 20 teams in the NFL that would love to have Derek Carr on their roster. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, good to see you. Keep showing up, man. Hope to catch you at another game there at M Resort or at a Raider game. Come see us at the Torch at Allegiant. Hey, I appreciate it, JT. You have a good day, okay? You take care, buddy. That's cool. Well, you know, I'm sitting there all day at M Resort, which I love. You know, I don't go home. And I'm just watching the game, and then this gentleman comes up to me in the fourth quarter, and we're just standing, standing the whole fourth quarter, living and dying on every play, and then overtime, he went crazy. And a little fun story, I put the headset on. So I got the headset on to hear Jason Horowitz, which is about 15 seconds ahead of the television feed. So I'm sitting there at the stage, and I'm listening to these completions to Foster Moreau, and I get up to go crazy. And I can't because I don't want to ruin it for everybody watching it because the play doesn't start for another 10 seconds. And I hear Jason Horowitz going crazy on the call. And then the fans 15 seconds later react. So that was really cool yesterday. All right, let's take a look at some of the highlights from the game yesterday and the way I saw it. First off, Latavius Murray comes in, and this was a bad omen as he was running hard early as Denver went up 6-0. Latavius Murray, the lone setback. Wilson, the handoff. Give to Murray right up the middle. Now the Broncos have a touchdown. He went in untouched through the right side of the offensive line. Latavius Murray has his third touchdown in a Broncos uniform, and now it's 6-0. This is all Compass Media on the call. That was concerning to me because I think Denver's scoring early. Uh, that was going to be a rough one. They could not score early, and they were able to do that. And I just didn't want to see them get some momentum. Carlson had this incredible consecutive field goal streak going. Here's how it sounded when it came to an end. It'll be a 46-yarder just inside the right hash for Carlson, who has made 41 consecutive field goals. Solid snap, right-legged boot, end over end, uprights to our right, and that is no good. Daniel Carlson misses for the first time since week eight last year. And his consecutive field goal streak comes to an end as the third longest in NFL history. Now, clearly he wanted that to go on, but it looked like almost a sense of relief as everyone came over to him and were patting him on the back and telling him, look, you know, we're good here. And he would turn out to have an unbelievable game. We'll get back to that. I think the Carter Adams, the 31-yard reception TD, this got the Raiders back into the game. Play action to Jacobs. He's got plenty of time. Eyes downfield. Lofts near corner. For Devontae. Hands in the air. Grabs it. Touchdown, Raiders. He beat a pair of Broncos to the near corner of the end zone on a beautiful strike from Derek Carr. That was a beautiful pass and a great catch by Devontae, which was really important because that got the Raiders to a 10-7 game, and then we wanted to see what was going to happen after that. And it was very important to Max Crosby get going. You could tell Max had a lot of energy in this game, and the blocked field goal 
heading into halftime. I thought this was a turning point if you're strictly looking at momentum. Instead of having a first down at the one, Broncos have to settle for a 25-yard field goal attempt in the right hash. McMahon is kicking. It's blocked. That's incredible what happened there. That's an amazing block by Max Crosby. That's a chip shot. That's a chip shot. That's a 25-yarder, and that changes everything. It gives the Raiders heavy momentum, heavy momentum. And then to tie the game up, Carlson was asked to make another big one. It's the rare error at mile high. You could kick it a little bit longer, but this was a clutch 52-yarder. Going to be from 52, and it's presented by Smith's Food and Drug, the official grocery store of the Las Vegas Raiders. Cole will put it down on the left hash. High snap. He gets it down. Line drive boot angling to the right, and it's good. He slides that one in from 52 yards because he never misses from 50-plus. And we are all tied up at 10. You understand that that was the only points of the entire third quarter combined. Vegas gets three points. That's it in the third quarter of that game. So the defenses were really playing well, and especially the Raiders slowing down and getting Russell Wilson off the field there. This was another big play, the second sack of the game for this guy, Mad Max. Third down and five on the 25. Wilson back to pass. Crosby in his face. Grabs Wilson around the shoulders and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game does a strut, and the Raiders' defense gets a stop. On third down. That was a massive play. Massive play at this point in time. A McManus field goal of 48 yards made it 16 to 13. And then the Raiders had to make sure they got a little giddy up going. They had to get down. They had to find a way to, you know, this was an interesting point in the game here. Because I'm looking at all of this and what happened here. And the game going back and forth. Max Crosby was critical with his second sack of the game. But let's get to the 57-yarder. This was the one I want to get to as we go back. Carlson, his longest of his career. This from 25 to tie the game with 19 seconds to go. Good snap, solid hold. Kick is up, and it is good. Daniel Carlson delivers again, and with 16 seconds to go, we are tied at 16. All right, that was in the 57-yarder. That was the game tire, which was really big. So that was important for Carlson. That's a chip shot. Remember, the McManus chip shot got blocked along the way. So that was really important as the Raiders found a way to get this game to overtime. And on that play, that play to Josh Jacobs, that catch along the sidelines where the Raiders had to come up again. You know, the Raiders last year, the season ended on first and goal at the nine in Cincinnati. They had first and goal at the seven and they didn't get a touchdown. Now, that's concerning to me. And play calling, you can criticize that. You can do all that. Look at this. Uh, excuse me, everybody. Wales just scored. I don't believe it. Wales just scores on a penalty. Look at this. Garrett Bale, the legendary striker, on a penalty in the box. Uh, Garrett Bale comes up and buries it, and we're tied at one in the 82nd minute. It's a disaster for the United States of America. They had a one nothing lead. They've been playing on their heels the entire game. Garrett Bale scores on a penalty kick, and the United States and Wales are tied at one. 82nd minute as we're underway, and the United States has been dominated in the second half of this game. Can't believe it as we're going through these highlights of the Raider game. I look up, and we are tied at a much bigger event than the Raider-Denver game, the World Cup 
in Qatar, USA 1, Wales 1, here as we get ready for this game to come down to the wire. Keep it here. All right, the best part of the Raider game as they get to overtime after the connection of Foster Moreau. Here's the game winner to Devontae. Devontae Adams slot right. Matt Collins there as well. First and 10 on the Broncos, 35. Carr, play action again. Looking downfield, lofts it near corner. Adams wide open at the five. He walks in, and the Raiders walk off with the win. Touchdown, Devontae Adams, to win it here in Denver. Congratulations to the Raiders. I don't know how you leave number 17 wide open. If there's anyone you're going to cover, it's going to be Devontae Adams. He's wide open crossing the field, and the Raiders win in a magnificent way. Congratulations. How about that? Here, Lincoln Kennedy coming through the booth like that. Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy, Compass Media Network's on the call, Raiders Radio. So that's how they get it done. Uh, those are the highlights of the game. Uh, jump on in with what you thought was critical. We know Devontae's catches, two touchdowns were amazing. What about Foster Moreau, Josh Jacobs, the offensive line, and the overall play of the defense? You know, Patrick Graham, you notice no one's on hold to talk about Patrick Graham today. No one's sitting here telling Josh McDaniel's good plan today. Right, That's the purpose of the show today is to show you both sides of the equation. As I said, you want to be a little bit more fair here today. How about we give Patrick Graham credit for holding Denver to 16? A couple of the play calls on defense. A couple of the pass plays that were broken up. I mean, Webb had a really tough game. I thought the way that Webb was getting picked apart early in that game, that they weren't going to win the game because the defense was going to give up too many big plays, but they made adjustments at halftime. And I think Patrick Graham deserves a lot of credit for what happened there. It was very important that Patrick Graham had a game. I wouldn't call it a signature game because the, the Denver's not a great team, but the Raiders won, and you can't look at the defensive coordinator saying he blew it. You can't look at the head coach play caller saying he blew it. And Derek Carr, Derek Carr stepped up in crunch time when he had to with Devontae. And now I wonder what the Raider Nation thinks about without Waller and without Renfro with a couple more games. Because there's two games coming up where Renfro and Waller are not available to play. And that's Seattle and Los Angeles. Those are two games where the team and their teammates need Waller and Renfro. And they've been put on IR. And that, that hurts. Because these guys, these guys are just a, so important for what's going to happen to Devontae going forward and Derek to play well. 407. Total yards for the Silver and Black, 320 for Denver, 10 drives for both teams. Raiders yards per play, 6.6, 5.2 for Denver in the game. And 298 yards passing for the Raiders and rushing the ball. 109 yards for the Raiders compared to 94 for Denver. And the penalties, that's really the only negative here. Denver had 5 for 45 yards. The Raiders had 9 for 98. No turnovers once again for the Silver and Black. And they win the time of possession, 32-39 to Denver's 28-57. So we saw a lot of things happen in that game. Let's hear from you before we come back. I got Harry Ruiz at the top of the hour. I got Mark Anderson from the AP, both to talk Raiders when we come back. We are tied up at the World Cup. United States won, Wales won. Not good. United States should have won this game. They had all the momentum. Now all the momentum is lost. And they got to find a way to win this game. Keep it here. I'll get you through the World Cup, and we'll still talk about the Raiders' victory on the flagship of the Silver and Black, brought to you by the 872 Laborers.
Yeah, his uh, his 2K teammate grade um, went to an A plus on that one. That he caught that ball, and the only thing he was thinking about was the team. You know, like yeah, if that's that's Raider football right there. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to push, and that's the kind of mentality that sure could he maybe try and stiff arm or you know and. He said, no, I'm just going to do my best to take care of the situation, take care of the team, and it um, really impressive. Uh, that, that was a huge, huge play, and the window that he found so I could throw it to him was unbelievable. Derek Carr talking about Foster Moreau. JT, back with you. USA and Wales tied at one. We're in stoppage time. There's nine minutes of extra time, stoppage time here, and the United States got to find a way to score a goal here. They have to score a goal here. They're up one nothing in this game. Wales just scored on a penalty kick by Bale, who's the star of that team. Their country's going crazy. United States with a great fan base here. The anthems were incredible. The Wales anthem is loud, and they're – all their fans sing it from the bottom of their lungs. This game's amazing here in Qatar. 1-1, uh, the Group B stage, first game of the World Cup for the United States. We're in stoppage time here. Nine minutes of stoppage time. they got about eight minutes left. This is going to be really interesting. So that was Derek Carr. Uh, let's hear from Josh McDaniels. I think Coach McDaniels deserves a lot of credit today for getting the sweep of Denver in his first year. We know the record 3-7 and seven is nothing to celebrate here. But the coach is building off this win, as he talked about during the week, and the difference with Devontae's second touchdown compared to his first. Yeah, it wasn't the same play. It was a completely different play, completely different personnel grouping. Devontae on the first one came from the other side of the field. On this one, he was on the right to start, and uh, you know it was just a good execution by both of them. And he was asked after the game about Derek playing up-tempo, which is really a hot button with me on this show, is getting Derek to play with more energy. He's got good energy, but to have him play four wide, up-tempo, at a faster pace. Coach was asked about that after the game. Derek's, I mean, Derek, there's a lot of things that Derek does well. He's been in the game for a while, and, um, you know, whatever the situation has been, it doesn't seem to rattle him at all, you know, and we go take the field with a minute 40, and, you know, we know, I, he asked me before the drive, he said, what, you know, what are you thinking specifically? And I said, we need probably two chunk plays, you know what I mean, to give Daniel a chance. And uh, I said, but don't, don't be careless with the ball. We don't need to, you know, panic or hurry. We got a lot of time left, you know, because when they threw that incompletion, it gave us another, I don't know, 40 seconds or so. So we, we didn't have to rush as much as we would have probably had to um, if it had been under a minute. So. Um, he was out. He went out there with poise in the first play. I think he threw it to JJ on the sideline, and then you know hit Keelan on the in cut. You know, and he trusts he trusts the play. You know, and, and he's not trying to force it to one guy. And I think they covered Tay pretty good on that that in cut to Keelan, and then he goes right to his next read. You know, and then the next play he goes to JJ down the sideline, and so I thought he I thought he played with great poise, uh, took care of the ball, uh, no turnovers again, and that's always a good philosophy. I think what was critical about that soundbite, everybody, is he's talking about Derek Carr and what he can do, protect the football. It's hard to protect the football. You get a deflection, you throw behind a guy, the game's over. And Russell Wilson decided to try to throw a pass, and he threw it away. And it gave the Raiders 40 extra seconds, and that's what Russell Wilson's getting heat for today. Nathaniel Hackett basically threw Russell Wilson under the bus after the game, saying you can't have an incompletion there. So to see what happened is Russell Wilson made a really bad decision where last week Tyler Heineke went down on the ground and didn't throw the ball away, kept the clock going, and there was a penalty by Philadelphia. They hit him late, and it kind of put the game away. Russell Wilson didn't do that, and it gave the Raiders added time. 
to set up that game tying field goal. Now, remember, you take another 40 seconds off that clock. It might take a little bit longer to get down there and set that up. So the Raiders got some breaks. I'm just disappointed that the Raiders couldn't win it in regulation when they had first and goal at the seven. And that's all, you know, that's, a, that's where you go to Darren Waller, correct? That's when you go to Waller. First and goal at the seven, you got Waller lined up, you got Renfro in the slot, you got Devontae wide and Hollins wide, and Josh Jacobs in a single backfield. Then the Raiders look like the team we talked about in the preseason. How the hell are you going to stop this team when all the weapons are out there healthy? So all the weapons are not there. So at the end of the Indianapolis game, he hit Moreau. Moreau should have caught it. Then it got deflected. And then he went, up, went to Devontae on a really tough pass where Stephon Gilmore, one of the best defenders in this league the last decade, was able to break it up. Raiders needed a break, and they got it. Now the United States of America needs a break. 1-1, 96 minute. We got about four minutes left in this game, and the United States needs a goal desperately. Come on right back. I'll tell you if they get it or not.